Well, hey, Pathways, what's going on? It's Pastor Michael here with this month's edition of Table Talk. Uh, I'm super excited for this one. This is going to be a conversation uh, about something that we don't normally talk about. You know, uh, I know for adults, we often talk about money. We see that on stage on Sundays. Uh, but when it comes to our kids, I feel like there's very few resources out there for us to have. So I'm really excited this month to be diving into money and how we teach our kids about money on Table Talk. So joining me this month, we have uh, Brian. Now, Brian is one of our incredible uh, incredible elders here at Pathways. He's on the board. He does a bunch of stuff with that. Uh, but he also has a wife and two awesome kids um, that he is teaching them about money. He, he has a passion uh, for money and also leads our budget workshop here at Pathways. So, Brian, uh, welcome to Table Talk. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a joy uh, to sit down with you and talk about this stuff. Um, you know, I've been married now for almost 21 years, and um, I look back and I think of where we've come financially, but now as parents, uh, what that means moving forward. Um, so my wife and I have been married for, like I said, uh, many years. Um, but then we you're are, not going to give us a not going to give us a number. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tread uh, carefully here. <laughs> I think I said twenty one, and I think I mean we're moving up to uh, almost twenty two now. Twenty two. So I think I did say that wrong. So I was doing the math <laughs> in my head as I said that. You're do so. doing the math in your head, like, okay, I got to make sure I get this one right. Yeah, this is so this is gonna this be heard July. We're twenty two years. Wow, twenty two uh, years. So yeah, so we did the same, you know, kind of the same thing. We went to college, met in college, uh, that a lot of people do. Uh, then came out of college and. Didn't really know our finances very well, budgeting very well. Uh, had a ton of student loan debt, and um, from that process, uh, dug ourselves out of a deep hole. And now we have children. Uh, we have two little boys. Uh, you probably see them here running around the church. Uh, Malachi, who's seven years old, and Isaiah, who's nine years old. And so we're navigating uh, those elementary years right now, navigating uh, the comparisons of who's got what and and uh, trying to live biblical um, intention for our money and for our kids to be exposed to those things and understand what it means to live forward with their money being intentional in certain ways. Yeah. Teaching, teaching our kids about money, you know, kind of like I, I said, in the intro, it's not something that you hear talked about a ton. Um, you know, I, I actually had a, a, a student come up to me and, and joke and, um, the, the other day that was talking about how, man, pastor Adam, he'll ask you for money, but I, I don't feel like, uh, when we were younger, we didn't get asked <laughs> for money. Uh, but it, it's interesting to see, uh, just kind of the, the amount of resources out there for parents as they approach the subject of money. Exactly. Um, yeah. And so what we want this podcast to be is an, an opportunity for uh, you guys as parents who are listening to this to start to think through how do we relate to money? Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I want to do before we start, cause I know there's some people that are listening to this that might not know how much the Bible actually talks about money because the Bible does mention money a lot. And a lot, yeah. um, I, I want to give you basically these five baselines that the Bible lays for out for us to handle our money. So there's these five different things. The, the first one is this, uh, the Bible talks about how we need to avoid the love of money. Uh, although at first Timothy six ten says, says this for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. You see, the, the first piece of you know managing our, our money in a biblical way is we need to understand where our money belongs. That it's it, it's it's not it, it actually can be a, a tool, a resource for us, 
Um, but it's not something that we are to love, that when we love money, it leads us away from, from Jesus. It's something that we are called to basically submit to, to Christ. Yeah, I think uh, you hit it exactly what it is. Money is a tool. It can be used for good things and can be used for bad things, but it doesn't have feelings. It doesn't have um, like what we always think about money. And so I think uh, a lot of people interpret this verse as saying that money is the root of all evil, but that actually isn't true. I've always read this as for the love and that love part is the key part there. Uh, That is where it's going to lead you down a road of greediness and not being gratitude, having gratitude and all those different things. So yeah, it's um, that love. It's that want, yeah, that want for money that leads us down that path. And that kind of leads us into the second principle we see. And it's, it's this, that we don't serve our money. Our money serves God. Uh, Matthew six twenty four says this, that no one can serve two masters. Either you hate the one or love the other. You'd be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Right Again, this thought of we serve God, we don't serve our money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as we have conversations about how we manage our finances biblically, because we're going to talk about saving, we're going to talk about um, how we manage our money and how we steward our resources, it's really easy for us to fall into that category of now we're just trying to you were just trying to have a bunch of money, right? We're trying to mm-hmm. save a bunch of money. Trying to have big barns and fill them up yeah, as much as we can, absolutely. and that's not the goal. And And so I think... You know, before we even start, I think it's really important to hit that why. Why are we doing that, right? Uh, why? Because it's a tool. It's a um, tool that can be used to further God's kingdom. Yeah. And it's a, it's if we have some money to be able to give or to use for that tool, God's kingdom is going to be advanced. Yeah, absolutely. And there's people all over the place that are using uh, their resources, using money um, as a tool to impact change. Mm-hmm. You know, that the fact that we have uh, the lower level the way we do is from the generosity of our church, from people that mm-hmm. have resources that are willing to serve God with them, or even the, the, the playground we have outside, right? All of these different things show off um, the why. We want to have resources, not because we want to hoard them, but because we want to show the world Jesus. And this is one of the ways we get to get, get to do that, right? Exactly. So that's the second uh, baseline. The third is this right here. Um, we are responsible for using our money well. Uh, Jesus says this in Luke 14, 8, 28. It says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? We are responsible for our resources. Um, after all, they're given to us by God. And so we are responsible for how we spend our money, how we budget our money, how we manage our money, how we teach our kids about money. We're responsible for all of those 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 pieces. And having, uh, going back to your first point, um, if we view money as a tool and the money is not actually ours, you avoid the love of that money because you know, yep. well, I have to use this money to what God's calling me to use it for. And it's not mine. It's not for me to buy my stuff. It's then you're able to let go of it. Yes, right. You're you're able to let go of it because you understand where it's coming from, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think the second that you start looking at your money that way of, I don't own this. This isn't mine. Mm-hmm. This is God's. That is when you're going to start to see you you be more generous, right? Be mm-hmm. more hospitable with your, your finances. Uh, the fourth baseline is this right here, that we should work hard for our money. Second uh, Timothy 5.18 says, for, for scripture says, do not muzzle an ox while it is treading out the grain 
and the worker deserves his wages. We should work hard for our money. We should, uh, and what this means for parenting is we should instill our kids with a work ethic. Mm-hmm. Not that they're given everything. We're going to talk a lot about to, that. Yes, that they have to work for their money because that sets them up for success, right? One of the things we want to do as parents, like actually probably the biggest thing is we want to set our kids up well for the future, mm-hmm. right? Um, we want to set them up well to follow Jesus, but we also want to set them up well with practical skills that they can use in the world, right? We mm-hmm. want to teach them how to balance a budget, how to uh, how to live and, and handle money, right? Those and are realize all... that you're going to work probably at a job for majority of your life. Yes, and uh, for ninety nine point nine 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 percent of people, yeah, you are going to be working for your yeah. your your finances, right? Uh, and so we want to teach them that hard work work ethic. Um, and the fifth is this, that we should be generous with our money. Second uh, Corinthians 9, 6 through 8 says this, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will reap gener- generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or un- under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Right? Cheerful. This is a tool. We are to be cheerful givers. Why? Because God's, it's, it's God's in the first place. Mm-hmm. We are just giving it back, right? That's why we tithe. That's why, we, um, that's why we're willing to give our money. I, I love, um, and we're going to talk about him probably quite a bit on this, but I, I love the way that Dave Ramsey, Ramsey puts it, that we're going to live like nobody else so we can give like nobody else, right? Yep. Like we want to live differently now so that we can give differently, so yeah. that we can serve other people differently with our money. Like that's the ultimate end is that we use our money to serve others in the name of Jesus, right? Yeah. And I get this question a lot, especially when people are doing their budgets and I'm working with them to try to figure out how to do their budgets. And they always ask me, should I tithe from my net or from the gross (laughs) and have this whole debate? And really, why does it matter? I don't think God cares, but God cares that you're giving and that it doesn't matter which one of those is. It's just how your heart is and what that means for being a cheerful giver. Yeah, it's it's a heart condition. That's what it yep. is. It's not, God is not sitting in heaven and counting pennies. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yep, oh, two pennies short. Didn't like, make 10%. No, nope. he, he's, not, he's not doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, what he's looking at is our hearts and the condition of our hearts. Yeah. And really, that's why we, we give back is to show God that that love of money is not something that, that we fall into, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to give to you, God, because I recognize that you gave it to me first, but also so that our hearts don't become um, tied to this idol of, yeah. of money. The first fruits I'm giving back to you. So that's the, the biblical baseline for money, right? Mm-hmm. That's what the Bible lays out for us. So now the question becomes, how do we relate this to kids, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's pretty easy for me to say that as somebody who has a salary, who is, as somebody who has a budget, like, yeah, we can take these five principles and begin to plug them into our lives. But when it comes to kids, it becomes much harder. So that's what we want to talk about today is, as a parent, work through your finances. That, that would be the first thing I would say is, before we have this conversation with kids, mm-hmm. check your finances. Yeah. Um, just to make sure that you're where you need to line up. And I don't know if you have any resources for, um, just for people that are, I, I know you run the adults. budget workshop. Yeah, adults. Yeah. Um, so here at church, use. actually, we offer two things we have in the past. Uh, the budget workshop, which we try to do sometime in December-ish. Um, and our goal there is to get people motivated for the first of the year because usually people have new goals, especially with their finances. And so that is just breaking down their individual budgets and how to do a budget. And a lot of people that come to the workshop have never done a budget. 
They feel like, well, I hope I have enough money by the end of the month and uh, hopefully I can make my bills. And so we just break down how to do a budget and what are some basics of that. And then a lot of times uh, in the past year, I think I've taught the class uh, three times here now. Um, we didn't this year, but uh, in the past we've had Financial Peace University, yep. which is a Dave Ramsey class uh, cr- uh, curriculum. And from there, we just break down even further what it means for your overall finances. And um, that's a nine-week course that we have here at church. And then the third thing that we offer here at church is uh, I am a, a certified financial coach. And um, so that's a free service that we have here where I can meet individually with people um, and keep everything confidential and then just talk through their finances. And they can shoot questions to me. Um, It's not an investment class. It's not uh, what should I invest in the stock market, nothing like that. It's strictly day-to-day basics of your finances and how to make your budget work for you, uh, for your family. So those are kind of the three things that I know we have here at church that we can So off of that, that. kind of lays out for, for you, those of you who are not sure where your budget is yet and you have kids, first thing I would say is get your house in order, make sure that you know what's going on, and then you can begin to teach your kids. So uh, let's say that we're in that place, right? We have a budget, we are working towards uh, our financial goals. Now, how do we connect to our kids? Um, so the, the first question that I kind of want to ask you is, looks like this, you know, why should we teach our kids money management? Why is this such a, a crucial thing to teach our kids as they uh, are growing up and eventually will leave our homes? And uh, you could have a, a, a lot of different answers here, but I think most of us would agree that how we were raised dictates how we kind of look at money especially when we're in our 20s and our 30s. And uh, we're not really taught money management in school. We're right. not really taught money management at church when we're growing up, I'm saying, in our, our kids' uh, kind of ages. Um, but a lot of us didn't even know what a checkbook was and how to even... Well, especially in today's day and age. Exactly, like, yeah. Checkbook, it's a I, card or whatever yeah, it might be. Right, you know, it's, it's a bal- all a, Looking at online. a savings account, uh, yeah. you know. So I think the, the, the why we should is because as parents, it probably is coming from us first. Yeah. And uh, if our intention to be an intentional parent is to think ahead and to have our children be successful, then I think our intention is for when they turn 18 – they're ready for what the world has in front of them. And I know me personally, I was not ready for that when I turned 18. Um, I think we can talk to a lot of people. Yeah. We we talked a little bit about this before we started recording, but like, yeah, when when I turned 18, I was not ready at all to handle the finances that I I now was supposed to handle. Um, And especially as you get older and then graduate college, now you're dealing with like real money. Like before it was like, Oh yeah, I, I made, I made it seven seven dollars and fifty cents scoop and ice cream or whatever. Yeah. Like now we're we're actually making like oh this is this is real money and yeah. now we can afford a bunch of stuff that we couldn't afford and you know before but yep. you know you actually couldn't afford the things that you were buying. But then that you know? <laughs> leads to uh, your light bill and your phone bill and yep. your all the different things. Uh, as you make more money, you got more responsibilities. So um, and and so being intentional, I think the biggest thing about that as parents is that we're the ones 
that are responsible to try to teach them to be respectful. We're, we're the ones to try to teach them how to get their homework done and, and what the importance of that and, and leads to money. Uh, also we're the ones responsible for our children to know how to manage money as they grow and as they become adults. Yeah. I mean, ultimately you as, as parents are the only people that are going to teach your kids how to manage money, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're the only ones that are going to get to sit down day to day and go, here is how we spend our money as a family. This is how we budget. Um, and in a godly way, because, you know, they're not getting taught that at school. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's not something that they're picking up. And what they are picking up is lifestyle based stuff. They're not picking up how to live in a godly way uh, with with their money and how to worship God with and their, as, their finances. As parents, uh, I heard this term quite a bit is uh, our kids gain more from what is being caught instead of what is being taught. Yep. And the second they see or hear or kind of sense, oh, there's a lecture coming. Um, a lot of kids shut off and that's the same as with parents It's the same with yep. at school that's the same for everybody, it's everybody for like, everyone, right, you know, and so if they can see you managing money, I think that even helps on that extent there, you know, there's our, one thing that I, I do miss right now is even just giving my kids a couple dollars to be able to put in an offering plate. And I know that's kind of changed now, but I'm trying to figure out ways to show them this is what we do. And even to right. have them give my tithe instead of just do it all digitally, like, holy cow, mom and dad give this much to church, but kind of understand that right. that's just something that is caught by them if they see it on a day-to-day basis. So Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's something that we're going to talk about quite a bit on here, but that thought of being, I mean, it's something we talk about on this podcast all of the time. So much of this is modeling, mm-hmm. right? So much of this is, you know, when you're sitting down as a family to, to budget out your, your monthly budget, sit down and include your kids in it. Do it at the table in front of them. Obviously it's, it's different for toddlers. Like I have toddlers, mm-hmm. um, and they have no clue what money is like they're, you know, as toddlers, I mean, they, they walk around with a quarter. They're like, I own the world. <laughs> like, I've got this. Um, the reality is that a quarter, especially in today's day and age with inflation being the way it is, mm-hmm. you're not buying anything with, with yeah. a quarter. Uh, but having them sit down, especially as they get older and be a part of because they can see, oh, look, in this pie chart of my parents' budget, there's a, a big slice that says tithe. Well, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. It means that this is what we're giving to the church. That giant slice right here, this 10%, yeah. that's what we're giving to giving to the church. Yeah. I had a story. I have a nine-year-old and I was paying the bills online and he, you know, comes running in he's looking at the screen thinking he's going to watch YouTube or something, whatever it might be. Right. That you're, that like, you're doing something interesting. Yeah. I'm right? doing something fun. <laughs> you know, well, what are you doing? I'm like, Oh, I'm paying the, uh, the we energy bill. And he's like, yeah. well, what's we energy. And so you kind of explain like, Oh, this is how this is our electricity and this is our gas, but yeah, every light that you leave on. And your, then he <laughs> saw house. the number. And he saw the number for just that month. Yeah. And, you know. Blew his mind. Blew his mind as a nine-year-old. Because in his mind, that much money could be spent on this, this, and this. But no, this is first a responsibility and this is how we live. So just just equipping them and just showing them what it means to pay bills and what it means to have a budget. Uh, It's modeling. Uh, It's being intentional. Um, One of the biggest things that I've kind of learned, and you and I shared this before, is like it's easier to model and show a child how to manage $5 
compared to when you're 25 and had to manage $5,000. Yeah. And they can, you can make a ton of mistakes with $5 and it's the same mistakes with 5,000, but it doesn't hurt as much. Right. Uh, right. Long-term. No. Yeah, absolutely. So if we can, that's why I think it's important for as these early ages, especially through um, the elementary years up to middle school and high school, obviously high school, um, if you can model and give healthy uh, money skills and let them make mistakes, they're going to make mistakes with money. My son at nine right now, man, it is on fire when he's got some money in his pocket. He wants yeah. to, the second Burning he gets holes it, in his yeah, pockets, he wants to drive to a quick trip and he wants to buy uh, a sandwich. He wants to buy Gatorade. <laughs> he wants to buy all the things that he can't buy normally True because Wisconsin, he's got $4. He's like, Take yeah. me to the quick trip. I want to go Take to, me to the quick this trip. This just happened last week. He's, we, we, uh, I don't know what, why he, we gave him a uh, $5 for something and he had $5 and we got in the car and he's like, Dad, can we stop at Quick Trip? And I was like, We've <laughs> had that for three seconds. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's he making mistakes. And then when he makes that mistake and then realizes that money's gone and now he doesn't have another amount to buy something else, it's a mistake that he's learned from. And it's yeah. only $5 compared to 5000 so. Absolutely. Well, so kind of on that, that same line, um, you know, obviously every parent does this differently. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think there is a right way to do it, wrong way to do it. Um, it's it's one of those gray areas, but uh, can you talk talk us through um, kind of the question of allowance? Because I know um, some parents are like, "Yep, allowance is the greatest thing ever for teaching your kids money." There's other others that are like, "There's no way I would ever do that with my kids." <laughs> yeah. So talk us through. Obviously, this isn't this isn't you know scripture, yeah. but talk us through how you handle allowance in your in your home. Yeah, and I and this comes back to. Uh, what a lot of us have grown up with. Um, some people grew up with doing a ton of chores at home and you got a certain amount of money from doing those chores yep. and they called it allowance. Some kids, I know this to be a fact. Um, I'm, I'm a, a, I'm a high school math teacher for seven years, 17 years. And so I saw a lot of high school kids that just got money. They just had money. They yeah. just were given a certain amount of money to live and that was their allowance. They didn't have to do anything for it. So uh, I don't like the term allowance. Um, I think um, long-term, it, I don't know if it, it, it will help your kids manage money well if they always know money's coming because of who they are just showing yeah. up on the week. So I don't use that word. Um, I just say if you've completed your chores, depending on I believe how much you completed. So you teaching the word work, yep. understanding yep. that um, you have to do some things. And uh, we have one child that does his chores and does them as fast as humanly possible. And we have another one that doesn't want to do them at all. So then when, you know, we give money for chores, one might get more than the other just because they completed just more chores. Yeah. 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 Um, so I don't like the term allowance. I don't think work is a four letter word. I don't think it's something that our kids shouldn't understand or look at it as a curse word. Um, I think it's important. I think being able to work and actually feel good after you're done doing some work is beneficial for them now. And I think it's beneficial as we grow as, um, people, um, just because work is something that we have to do the rest of our lives. And if we hate it when we're 22, 
we're going to hate it when we're 45 and then we're really going to hate it when we're 55. <laughs> and so uh, right. if you can find some enjoyment in the in work, um, no matter what it is, it's going to help you long term. So yeah. that's what we try to do. Um, we at our house, we try to do chores. And so their chores are real basic. Um, it's uh, the big one that we have to do is we have to unload the dishwasher every day. If we don't unload the dishwasher. What happens? We've got tons of dishes everywhere because the dishwasher is not unloaded. So that's one of their responsibilities. And um, they can do that on a daily basis. They also have to pick up their rooms. And so I think chores are related to the age that they're at. Yeah, um, I think that's the key. Um, so if that answers your question, if if allowance yeah, is a bad it's thing. It's of, you know, we want to teach our kids a work ethic, right? We yep. want to teach them how to work. It's not necessarily an allowance of you get X number of dollars per week. It's, mm-hmm. Hey, if you do these things, you're, you're doing work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so because you're doing work, you know, there, there's a payment for work. Yeah. And I think it's really, um, as we're talking to parents and I think probably we have parents that have children from a wide range. Yep. So it all depends on the age they're at. So Michael, you have toddlers. Yep. And how old is your oldest? Four, just four years four old this past week. So he so. kind of understands that there's money there. I have yes. this quarter and it feels like I have a thousand dollars, but I really can't buy much with it. But on the same sense, uh, he doesn't understand to wait seven days to get money for a chore that he did right. five days prior yeah, or whatever. He, he doesn't connect those. Yeah. Those two so together. almost in the toddler age, I've always felt um, that if a, if you want your kids to do some chores, they almost have to have an immediate kind of payment. Um, so if one of their chores is to pick up their toys and you help them because they don't understand that, they get done. Hey, great job. Let's save some money. Here's a quarter right, right. now for that. And so then they grow the quarters quicker. Right. They're not really worth that much, but he doesn't understand that a quarter and how much that is for dollars and that kind of thing. So it's really just about knowing if I do this, Mom and dad are going to give me this and we can go buy some gum or whatever right, it might yeah. be. Teaching that, um, really what you're, you're trying to do is is teach them the value of that that money and mm-hmm. the value of their work. Immediately. Right, right now, they're like my, my four-year-old Liam, he, he collects money, but he'll find it on the counter and stuff. And he stashes it. He's got his little piggy bank that's shaped like a dinosaur. Yeah. Um, He's just collecting. He doesn't realize yeah. like, oh, this is what I'm trying to do with this. Yeah. It's just, oh, I'm collecting these, you know, these coins because they look cool and they're yeah. shiny, right? Yep. Um, and I, I think also what you're talking about with um something that's small. I, I know that you know not every not every parent can afford to do um to give a ton of money, right? Mm-hmm. Like the reality is that for a lot of people, that that's going to be a lot tougher for them to do. Yeah. Um, but you know, you can, you can scale this down. It doesn't need to be, Hey, I'm giving my kid 25 bucks for, for doing these chores. Like you can scale it way down. And maybe what it looks like is, you know what, I'm giving my kids quarters or I'm giving my kids dimes or pennies, whatever it looks Mm -hmm. like. Um, and I'm buying, you know, cheap stuff from the dollar store that they can save up and spend money on. Right. And, And that's how they're, you know, they're learning to budget. They're buying from the, you know, the store of mom and dad. And they're learning the value of what some things cost compared to others that might be the exact same use for them. Right. And you don't have to pay, buy a pair of $110 Jordan shoes 
if I could get another pair that look pretty close and they're still Nikes for 45, but I've worked really hard for the money that I was able to get. And so, and you don't have to do, um, money each week. It could be something that, um, can be all right this week. We're going to have this. And, and I think the key to what you're saying basically is being intentional and teaching work, even if it's not a lot, it's still at least, something so they can manage that money. Yeah. So. so that kind of rolls us into the next question that I, I wanted to ask you. And and it's about how we teach kids budgeting because we're, we're teaching them hard work here, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, what's a good starting point um, for teaching our kids how to budget money, how yeah. to take money in and go, all right, yep. this is savings, this is and giving I'm, and all of that. I am not an expert at this except for I made a lot of mistakes. And so... <laughs> well, um, and that's one of the ways that we learn, right? We, yeah. we make mistakes and yes. it's the heart of a parent to say, you know what, I made this mistake, I yep. want you to make this mistake. So I taught, I've been teaching the Financial Peace University class for, you know, 10 years now uh, going on. So I thought when I have kids... They are going to know money. They're going to understand <laughs> it. So when they were, I mean, our kids were three and four. We were already doing um, chores that they could get money and save and then buy something. So they would actually have their money and actually go to the store and give that money to the cash register, the, the woman or man that's there. And then he would have to count out all the quarters and nickels and dimes and all these different things. Hold they had this the bag. Yeah, hold up the line. <laughs> And, um, then they would get their toy. Well, what I failed to like recognize is that they still don't understand what they had in their bag. Right. They They didn't understand the the money of of the the value of it. So for about three years, all they understood was if I get this big quarter that is the heaviest, it's probably worth the most. I don't care about the paper. I don't care about the pennies. I don't care about that stuff. I just want my toy. So it almost became like, if I work and get all this stuff, I'm going to get any toy I want. And so I think it kind of backfired on us because they didn't know the value or understand what, um, what was in, what, what money actually was. So, um, I think once they start learning, um, it's probably like first grade and second grade. They start learning it in school. You're learning it at home. They start to understand, okay, four quarters make a dollar. Yep. This dollar is not worth that much because I can't really buy that much. But if I have a five or a 10 or a 20, then it, start ma- it makes right. more it sense. It starts to add up a little bit. So that's right. when I think, um, offshooting from the other question that we talked about with toddlers, uh, once they get to that five to 12 range, that's when I really feel that um, you can you can give money. They can understand what it means to save. It also can understand uh, what it means to have chores. And as they get older, they're going to have more and more chores, which then is going to cause them possibly to make more and more money. But everything is pretty much at the home still. You're yeah. not sending your kid out to go work at McDonald's at 11 right. years old. And so basically how intentional you want that to be for them to manage the money that they have for the chores that they're doing, it allows them to learn in your home, having conversations about it, having conversations when you take them to go spend it. And so they understand that relationship. Uh, but then after like 12 years old, they're becoming teenagers. Uh, they're able to get some more jobs if they want. I still think it's important to have the work related to being in your home. And that's being an intentional parent. Um, I, you know, 
I still think they need to understand we still have to do these things. We still have to do the wash. We still have to do these things for our team to work. Uh, We use the term team freaks a lot in our house. And so how are we going to win in team freaks? We need four people to do it. You're all teammates. Yep. We have to do these things for us to be successful. Um, so, so based on that, right? Because you, you do have like, hey, this is a team mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, is there certain things in your house that you don't pay your kids to do um, that they're expected to do, but there really isn't a payment expected? Like this is just sure. what we do as a family. Yep. Cleaning um, basically for their room. Um, so we basically say, well, I have to come in and vacuum. Someone's got to come in and vacuum your room. Whatever's on the floor potentially might get taken away because I can't vacuum then. And I'm not the one picking up your floor. So I'm not going to give them a dollar for picking up all the stuff that they've left on their floor. Um, So we usually keep it pretty simple with chores at this age because they're seven and nine. Right. And they're learning that concept. But I think it continues to grow. Because those things still have to get done. If they decide not to do it because they don't want to get paid, well, then someone's got to do it. Right. And so then we got to yeah. teach them, well, you know, this is this is your responsibility uh, for our team to be successful. So gotcha. not everything gets paid for. But in these earlier age right now, uh, we give them two to three chores every day. They're pretty basic. Uh, like I said, the dishwasher is one of them. They actually can do it fairly quickly. And then they can see that that's important and they can get paid for that. So that's just one that we do on a daily basis. Pretty gotcha. routine. Yeah. So there, there is, it, it's not, it's not here or there, right? You're, you're having some things that, yep, this is something that you're just expected to do. Yeah. You're part of this family. You're expected yep. to do this. But then there's other things where it's like, yeah, this is, this is work, right? Yeah. You're doing work that helps our family unit unit. Yeah. They don't get, get paid, paid to it. brush their teeth. They yeah, don't get right, paid no. to change in the morning. They don't get paid to put their clothes away you know in a dirty laundry basket like those things they don't get paid for but it's distinct chores that they know all right this is the chore and we do a list too i have a whiteboard that we just write down these are the three chores for the best teaching don't you you got your your whiteboard you're like all right here we go color markers yeah 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 so um and then so they know and they can go over and check it off and have it done um, we do that a lot in the summers. It's it's a little bit more difficult during the school year just because of time constrictions. They come home from school. They got to get homework done. We got to run a basketball practice, whatever it might be. Right. But in the summers, they, we really slow it really down. Slow it down you, and do that. To, to yep. do all those things. Um, so we, we've talked a lot about, you know, how we, you know, t- teach the value of money. Mm-hmm. We teach the value uh, of our work. Um, how do you teach kids to take those that that money they earn and either save it or spend it how how do you handle handle that sure kind of a cool example that we do um and this is more of maybe when you're out and about but we we are a sports driven family we love (laughs) sports we love uh our kids participating in sports but we also love going and watching sports right um so we uh we're a host family for a timber rattler actually and so we have a Timur that lives in our home and we get to know that player really well. Well, we go to all the Timur Rather games then to cheer him right. on. And we, if you ever go to a Timur Rather game and you're low on money, you have to understand, like, you go there with some kids that are hungry, like, they're going to want to eat. And right. it's all about the social part of eating while you watch baseball. Well, uh, we've gone to a lot of baseball games and you realize, holy cow, like, one time you can go, you can drop $30 easily in just right. kids' very, food. very easily. Um, so we go now, we give them five or $6. We actually hand it to them 
and they have it in their hand and they have to mentally decide, do I spend this right mm. now? Do I want that cotton candy? Is it worth it? Because we also tell them if you don't spend it, you can take it home and save it. Oh, and yeah. So, so then so they, they then really have to make the choice for themselves. Exactly. Am I going to spend this? Am I going to save yep, this? Because it's theirs. And they're going to feel the pain either way. Yep. They're and once it's gone and... for that day, if they spend it all at the concessions, they can't it's come gone. back to us. They, I mean, it's it's done. Yeah. It's over. Um, so that kind of lets them at least understand that money doesn't grow on trees as you right. see me do air quotes here yeah, yeah um, it that term is trees. used all the time but like it doesn't grow on trees you're just not going to constantly hand them cash to go and buy things when you're at events um so well yeah. and and the other side of that as they grow in that five to 12 year range um i think it's that's where you're really starting to teach especially as they get up into that nine ten eleven years old of what it means to actually budget money and yeah. Uh, Dave Ramsey teaches this a lot is just making it simple. You do three basic things. You teach them that it's okay to spend their money because they've earned it. Yep. The th second one is that they have to save it. They have to save a portion and they have to give a portion. Okay. And usually what we're doing right now is trying to learn how to give at church because that's right. the most common that we do too. Yep. Um, but and, and you can you can give your money a certain way, but like it's real easy. Some people I know in those earlier ages, they have a, a allowance, as you might want to say, of three dollars, and one dollar goes to savings, one dollar goes to giving, and one dollar goes to spending. Um, and we're at a stage that's a little bit older. They know that what things cost, and so we right. give a little bit more. We do uh, usually about five dollars, and they can take like. 50 cents to a dollar to save and 50 cents to a dollar to give and the rest is for them to spend. Um, so that's usually, I think it's really good between that five to 12 or six to 13 once they learn the concept of what money is all about. And then I really do feel um, the budgeting really kind of goes into effect when they're teenagers. And even when they turn 13, you can open in a, a basic checking account, a basic savings account, um, they have that, that option to have that. And, and some of the advice we're not there yet, but I've seen it used, um, is that, uh, I've, I have a really good friend that has some older kids that are in the high school, some are in college. And what they did once they, you know, got to 13 is come school time and you needed money for, you know, every month you need uh, school clothes. Here is $150 for that month you can get school clothes or you can save it or you can spend it on this and they put it right into their checking account and their kids never ask them for money. And that is for their allotment to mm. be able to move forward. Yeah. Um, Cause you're, you're teaching them delayed gratification, right? If, if I save this mm -hmm. and wear the clothes I have, I can use it on something else. Yep. Right. But they're also, they're feeling the pain either way. Right. Yeah. Everybody else is cooler clothes than me. Right, but I have one hundred fifty dollars saved. Yeah, or the you know the flip side of it, I have all these really cool clothes. But when my friends say, "Hey, can, can we, let's go to a movie," I don't got money. I don't I, have I can't, it. I can't. Yeah, go with you guys, right? So he had he had three kids already that have gone through this, and uh, one of them really loved to look the look. Yeah, yeah. And he would go and drop seventy dollars on one hooded sweatshirt, <laughs> and it you know amount the world to him. Yeah, but he understood absolutely. that. It even meant more to him to wear it because he knew that was the majority of the money he had 
to be able to spend on clothes. Uh, where his other son, no way. I'm not spending $70 on a hooded sweatshirt. I'll wait. I'll run to Goodwill. I'll do whatever. I'm not I'm not doing that. Yeah. And so it just it just kind of gives you some value for what what's important for you and what you're going to spend your money on. Well, and I think it highlights something really important and and that's that every kid is different when it comes to it as well. Mm-hmm. Um like I remember growing up my parents would, you know, we'd go on a youth trip or whatever. We took a trip out to uh to Colorado at one point in time with a youth group as as kids. I think I was in middle school or my brother was uh, older brother was in high school. Um and they gave us both the same amount of money. Like, hey, you can spend this on food if you want. You can spend this on, you know, whatever mm-hmm. you can. Um, my brother came back with all of the money. Um, I spent wow. all of the money. Like, <laughs> on the way back, on I'm fire. like, I have no money for any sort of food at all because yeah. I've already spent all of the all the money, right? It's, yeah. it's already gone. And so as a parent, you kind of need to learn your kids and know your kids because yeah. what one kid needs uh, is, is different than what another kid needs. So, mm-hmm. you know, that kid that saves all of their money, it's important to teach them, hey, this is what we actually spend money on yeah. so that they they know that you have to spend money at some point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the opposite is, is true of the other kid, right? You need to teach them, hey, if you spend money, there, that, that's great. You can spend this money, but there's going to be some, some consequences on the back end that you're going to yeah. have to deal with, right? Yeah, and the other side of that too is everything you said is true, but on the sense of teaching them money management it teaches them how to interact with a bank it teaches them how to look at your finances and understand moving forward what they have to do within a bank account i didn't open my first checking account until i was over 18 in college like i had no idea i was like okay sure and uh, went to college and had this checking account and didn't really even know what to do with it or how it worked or anything um but you can do that when you're 14. They can do that when they're 14. Right. And they can make the mistakes with you and you can help them manage that instead of them being five hours away at college and make this mistake and then be embarrassed to tell you as parents, uh, they can be in serious yeah. trouble and they don't know. So uh, I, I think some of those basic money management things to be able to just pay bills and go to a cash machine and get cash out and not take too much out or whatever it might be right? Uh, to understand what those are. I think they really need to do when they're 14 to 18 and they're still under your roof. Right. So that they can, they kind of have, it, it's kind of a, a protection, right? Yeah. You know, the way that I'd put it is, um, you know, it's, it's not a lid, it's a covering, right? A covering allows what, what's there to expand, mm-hmm. but it's still protected. That's awesome. You know, yeah. you're allowing your kids to make mistakes, make, make failures, have, you know, get overdraft charges yeah. because they, they didn't realize how much money they had left for the month. Yeah. But at the same time, they're not out alone in the world trying to figure it out by themselves, right? Yep. You want to be that covering as a parent. Mm-hmm. So we, we've talked a lot about, I feel like we're just scratching the surface, but we talked a lot about, um, finances. Um, and like you were saying before, we have, um, everywhere from toddlers, they're, you know, itty bitty all the way through, um, parents of, of teenagers on mm-hmm. this, uh, that listen to this podcast. So what I'd love to do is just kind of give a short little, uh, hit on every single one of those and give just a, a piece of advice to those, those parents that have that age group if we can. So, uh, first off, how do we teach toddlers about money? You know, four, three, four, five-year-old kids. It, I really do think from that zero to five age, you're to sum it all up. You're basically just trying to teach them what it means to do a simple chore and what it means for a certain little payment. And that payment could be French fries at McDonald's because they did it, or it could be a quarter. And that's, that's it. 
They don't understand money. They don't understand how much French fries cost compared to a new pair of Jordans. It could be all the same to them. So they don't understand that. So zero to five is just learning. I think work is not a bad thing. Yep. We feel really good when we're done. Look at how great the floor looks now that all your toys have picked up. Um, and then from the five, six-ish age group to uh, 13 or 12, uh, in that range, then they're really learning what work means and how much hard work is related to the income that you could potentially make. Um, and Dave Ramsey, if you read his information, they talk a ton about commission. Um, I get an icky feeling using that word because um, right. it just sounds like you're a used car salesman. So I don't <laughs> use that word. I just say completing your chores. Did you complete all your chores? You can make a chore chart. They can check it off. They can do it all on their own. Um, then from there, they're saving their money, they're spending their money, and they're giving their money. Those three categories within that are really important. And then once they hit 14, um, then you're really, um, you know, they're they're young adults at that stage. Uh, they're driving at 16. Um, yeah. They got to know, I drive this far, it costs this much money for my gas. Um, I don't think it's bad for them to have allotments to be able to do some of the things, like I said, um, but they need to manage it themselves. Um, so if you're going to spend this much on gas for two months with your kid because they got to get somewhere and they're not a job and they're in school, we'll just give that all to them. Let them figure it out. Let them manage that. That's a slow process of writing down a simple budget too. I've taught FPU and I've had 17 year olds in there and they show me their budget and it's like five items. It's gas, food, going out with my friends on the weekend and saving for college. And that's awesome. Yeah. They're actually learning how to uh, use their money for what it needs to be used for. So, so what I hear you saying is uh, toddlers, when you're not zero to five, you're trying to teach them, hey, we work. And because we work, the value of our work, we, we earn something for our work. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you, you move into that second category. Right. Really, yep. that elementary age kids up yeah. to 14. You're just trying to teach them, hey, this is a budget. This is mm -hmm. a simple budget we need to some get saved, some get spent, yeah. and the other part gets given. Right? I've got a really cool story if you want to hear it quick. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my son loves shoes, and he wants shoes, and he's nine, okay? So for the last two months, all he's talked about is getting the original Jordan 1s, if any of you are out there, that came out in like 1985, black and red. <laughs> that's the cool thing now, and that's all he wanted. And we we went to the mall, we went to Dick's, we went to Shields, we went to all these different places. And I looked online and he knew they were $110, $110. He had enough money saved from Christmas and some birthdays and different things, chores. He was going to spend it on that. And then when we were out and about, started looking at other things, his eyes got bigger and he realized, oh, I'm going to spend all this money that I've gotten for Jordans. For shoes. For yep. shoes. And he said, well, what happens if my shoes, like, I need new shoes because my school shoes are going to go out. I said, no, that's that's part of us being a parent and we'll pay for right, that. Right, yeah. But if you want these extra ones, you got to pay for them. Jordans were out the door. He didn't want them. <laughs> he used the money for something else, and I was proud of him. We haven't heard about the Jordans in weeks now. 
Wow. And yeah, so uh, you're, you're teaching him the value of his, his money. He understood that these shoes aren't that important compared to what the value of $110 is. And so, yeah, in that elementary age, just having that concept of how, what money is used for and trying to fit it into these three categories, I think is really key. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I, I love what, what you did with him and take him around. Let him see what his money is, is going to be spent on, mm -hmm. right? Let him see the, the after effects. And that's also one way that you can really raise generous kids mm. is to do that with wherever you want to be generous to. Yeah, right. exactly. So if you're going to give to, you know, Operation Christmas Child, mm -hmm. make the shoebox with your kid. Yeah. And then show them, you know, you can go on YouTube give and find Give them $30 and say, hey, this is the money we're going to give what do you want to do yeah. to spend it? And they will they'll get to go and think do about that. that kid and buy it for him. Yeah. Right. And show them that show them the after effects of it. Right. Yeah. So all right. Yeah, we filled the shoebox. That's great. That's awesome. Now, I mean, go onto YouTube and find a video of those kids opening up Open those boxes up. and yeah. say, see that? This is what your money did. This is what your generosity did. This Isn't is what your this heart so did. much better? Then you going in to, to Quick Trip and buying something, this <laughs> yeah. is so much better. Look what it did. And yeah. the cool thing is you can do that anywhere. You know, I, I think of the second Saturdays we're doing where we're serving yeah. in a place. What a great opportunity to teach generosity to your kids. Because yeah, it's not even money related. It's just right. work related. Right. And you can even connect it to money if you wanted to and say, hey, we're going to give this month as a family to uh, you know, Feeding America or, mm -hmm. or whatever, you know, Pillars, whatever organization that we're working with. And then you take your kids to Second Saturday and see this, our money bought these supplies yeah. that we're putting together. You're teaching the, mm -hmm. the after, after effects of your generosity to your We kids. did that with our kids with uh, last spring. We've, we've done it a few times, but the one that really stuck out was the, I think it was the Feed More where you're putting the soups together. Yeah. And they talk about that. I don't know how much. Remember that time we went to church and we made yeah. all those meals for those people? Like... It just really gives them a heart of gratitude and realizes that their work and their money going to help someone is just as important as yeah. It shows it kind of releases the value it. of their, yeah. their money, and so when they can in their heads figure out, okay, I can buy these these Jordans for one hundred and ten bucks. Mm -hmm. You know what I could do for one hundred and ten bucks? I could go to you know Project Feed in America, and they're going to take that one hundred and ten bucks and they're going to feed you know a ton of families yeah. with that that money. Yep. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. That's a pretty cool way that I can use my money to have an impact, right? And I think all of us parents that we're talking to right now on this podcast, if you saw your kids do that, it would really make you feel that your your parenting is making a difference, and especially as they grow older. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's that's going to teach them to be generous their entire lives. Yeah. They will be so excited to be generous because they have – seen what generosity does in people's lives yeah you know and you're challenging me right now i'm thinking of all the different <laughs> times that i haven't haven't taught this and i need to teach this more well so. but it's it's the beauty of, of parenting is we're never going to do it 100 yeah. percent right we're always going to look back and go man i wish i would have done that more yeah um and that's something that i've been convicted over the past you know couple months with my kids is how am i teaching generosity yeah you know how am i because, I mean, it's one thing to show them, like, oh, yeah, dad gives to the church. Mm -hmm. It's another thing to show them, like, this is what happens when dad gives to the church. Yep. When, when dad and mom give to the church, these these are all the incredible after effects of it. Mm -hmm. This is what that money actually actually does. Because that teaches not just giving, but generosity. Yeah. You know, and that's going to create that cheerful giver where you get excited to, to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, um, another thing that, that would be that's really cool that you can do um, 
and this is actually something that we, we did when uh, we lived down in Beloit, which is a, a poor community. We saw a lot of people that were um, without job or whatever the case may be, is build kits with your family. So mm. build a kit that you can carry around in your car, and, and maybe it's a water and some hygiene items or whatever the case may be that you can hand out to somebody in, in need. Mm-hmm. So they get to build a kit, and then when you see somebody, pull over, do it as a family. Mm-hmm. They get to see that person's face light up when you are generous, hmm. when they are generous. Yeah, that's a great idea. What a cool way for you to to do that. So I think this gives us a pretty good picture of money. Obviously, we just scratched the surface. There's yeah. so much when it comes to finances. It's great to talk about it as a whole to kind of give your uh, parenting a, a vision, to give it uh, an intentionality. I know day to day this is really difficult. Yeah, um, It's yeah. easier not to do this. It's easier just to give them some money and let them do it. But easier is not always, no, most of the time it's, it's not the best parenting advice. Right. So. Yeah. There's nothing easy about parenting. Is <laughs> <laughs> so uh, before we leave, because we just scratched the service, if you're a parent that's looking for more information, uh, what are some resources that they can go to that are, are trusted? Yeah. So I'm, I've been repeating a lot about Dave Ramsey, but the only one of the best books that I've seen is, and I read this before we had kids and then I've read it now, just looked at my highlighted. All right. My kids now are in that five to 12 range. What do I have to do? Uh, there's a book out there called Smart Money, Smart Kids. It's by Dave Ramsey and Rachel Cruz, which is his daughter. And the two of them talk about the Dave talks about the mistakes that he did raising Rachel, but he also talks about all the different things that he did. And Rachel comments back and forth, but they break it down into these categories. They break it down to the toddler category. They break it down to the five to twelve, and then also the teenage years. And so the book I I've referenced it. I've looked at it. Um, I, I've highlighted it. Um, like I said, I read it before we had kids cause I was all motivated. Yeah. You know, we're going to be the best family <laughs> man, you know, and then real life kind of sets in. And, uh, so uh, it's a good reference book and that's, that, that's been awesome. Um, we've also, um, bought the Dave Ramsey, uh, it's called financial peace junior. It's a kid set and, uh, it's basically for chores, and also, um, it has a chore board and it, it talks you through like the three categories that we talk about. So it's really geared for the elementary ages. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so they have, you know, a whiteboard that they provide for you. They can write the different chores and they can check them off each week and what they do. Um, and then they also have, a, a, bo- a piggy bank that you can buy that the actual piggy bank has the categories that we talked about. Cool. So it has the savings portion and they can put it into that savings. It's clear so they can see it i think any piggy bank is key to be clear um if you're stuffing all the stuff in there and you can't see what's in there you wouldn't do that at your bank when you're an adult right so as a kid it's even more important that the piggy bank is clear the ones we have for our kids they're clear it's kind of like a triangle kind of and they put it into three categories and so they can see and nice. they so always see, like see can i pull some out of the, the give <laughs> and then give it back after nope Nope, this is untouchable. Can I take a loan from yeah, my own Yeah, they want to loan all yep. the different ones and then take them out. But um, so uh, that gives them the categories and understanding that. And then um, that's that's kind of, there's a lot geared for that five to twelve uh, right. age that you can you can buy or resource. But um, there's not a ton out there for that fourteen to eighteen. And so my advice is to always think of them as young adults. Um, don't let them 
figure it out when they're in college, but haven't figured yeah. out on your what you kind of think about um, moving forward for their intentions when they're gone. Um, yeah. So when you're when your kids are in high school and they're doing calculus and they're doing yeah. like. Give them some credit. Give they can, some they credit. can, they can handle uh, adult budgeting. They're driving. <laughs> They're going yeah. six over sixty miles per hour in their car. Like they, 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 they can they do can a it. lot. Yep, they can. Well, hey, Brian, thanks so much for joining us and being part of this. Um, hey, if you enjoyed this, make sure that you share this with your friends. This is a cool way, actually, that we can reach people who maybe aren't part of our church community. This is a cool way for them to see how much we care about parents because the reality is that there's a lot of places to get parenting advice, and there's also a lot of places that don't give great parenting advice. So this is a great opportunity for yeah, you it has been great. to thank share you. this yeah, it's been with fun. your friends. And thank you, Brian, for being on the, the podcast. We'll see you next time on Table Talk.